Today is the 17th day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It is great to be here with you today as we continue this journey, this rapid journey as we raise toward the end of the year. And we're moving through we're moving through a book a day practically in the Old Testament. We'll read an entire book today in the Minor Prophets. Today's book is known as Nahum. And we know almost nothing about Nahum's life other than his name means comfort. And he was from a place called Elkosh, but we don't really know where that is or even if it was a town or if it was a village or what it was. Dating Nahum, though, gets a little bit easier because there are references in the prophecy to actual historical events. Like Nahum mentioned the Assyrian conquest of Thebes, and that's in Egypt, and that happened in 663 BC. So we know that Nahum was written after that. He also foretold the fall of Nineveh, which happened in 612 BC. So Nahum was likely fulfilling his calling within the years between those two events. And what we'll see as we read this is that the prophecy is to foretell the destruction of Nineveh, which was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. And we just read Jonah, right? Just a couple of days ago, we read through Jonah. And so we remember his journey to Nineveh and he delivered a prophecy of judgment. And the Ninevites repented for a period of time. Nahum comes along prophesying against Nineveh almost a century and a half after Jonah. And the Assyrians had obviously returned to their wicked ways. In fact, their, their conquests of people were known to be legendarily brutal. And by the time Nahum gives this prophecy, Assyria had destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel and carried away her people into exile, where, where those ten tribes disappeared from history as cohesive tribes. But even though Nahum was prophesying against Nineveh, he wasn't sent to Nineveh to give the prophecy. So many scholars believe that Nahum prophesied from Jerusalem and that the prophecy would be encouragement and comfort to the people of Jerusalem, especially after what they had seen happened in the Northern Kingdom. And in the end, we will see that Nahum shows us that God is most merciful. He is patient. He is long-suffering. But he's not a pushover, and he's not going to stand for sin forever. And so with that, we read the book of Nahum. This records the vision which burdened a man named Nahum, who came from the town of Elkosh, the vision is a message from God pronouncing what is coming to the city of Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire. The Eternal One won't tolerate anything that distracts from Him and will avenge and settle the score on behalf of His covenant people. The Eternal will serve up justice when His anger finally overflows. He brings justice to those who oppose Him and sustains His fury toward those who work against Him. The Eternal's anger builds slowly, but his power is great. He will not allow the guilty to go free. His way is in fierce winds and storms. The clouds are dust beneath his feet. He chastises the oceans and they all dry up. He makes the rushing rivers run dry too. The lush lands of Bashan and Carmel wither 
and the beautiful flowers of Lebanon shrivel. In response to him, mountains quake and mudslides flow down melting hillsides. The planet and all who live on it are overwhelmed in his presence. Who can stand up when his fury finally overflows? Who can hold up under the heat of his anger? His fury flows out like fire, strong enough to shatter even the rocks. The Eternal One is good, a safe shelter in times of trouble. He cares for those who search for protection in him. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make a complete end to his enemies. He will chase his foes into oblivion. Futile are the plots you devise against the Eternal One, Nineveh, because he will put a stop to them. Evil will not have a second chance to rise up. They are tangled up in the thorns of their own evil ways, inebriated by their own excesses. They are consumed by their own evil, like dried grass in a fire. It was one of your own, Nineveh, who hatched evil plots against the Eternal and encouraged others toward wickedness. The Eternal One says to his people, Although their numbers are countless and they have strong allies, they will be stopped and their time as your oppressor will pass away. Although I have brought trouble down on you, people of Judah, I will bring trouble to you no more. Now I will break their yoke of slavery and death from your shoulders and tear their chains of religious and political oppression away from you. The Eternal has sent this command about you, King of Nineveh. You will have no descendants left to carry on your name. I will destroy the things you have carved and cast with your own hands, idols you have made to fill the temples of your gods. I will personally prepare your grave because you are totally despicable. Look, here comes a runner across the mountains bringing good news, announcing peace. Celebrate your festivals, people of Judah, and keep the promise you made. Those wicked armies of Nineveh will never invade you again. He is utterly cut off. Nineveh, an attacker, is moving in to scatter you. You had better guard your fortress. Keep watch up and down your streets. Strap your war belt around your waist and gather all the strength you can. The Eternal One will restore all the glory given to Jacob. The new nation will resemble the splendor of Israel in its day. Although destroyers destroyed everything, even decimating every branch of Jacob's family tree. Here comes your attackers, best warriors with gleaming red shields. The soldiers are in scarlet armor. Chariots gleam and flash like fire with their approach. They were carefully made ready for battle. They taunt you by waving strong spears before you. See, the chariots race each other up and down your streets rushing back and forth through the city. They look like flaming torches. They dart like lightning bolts. Your king remembers his specially trained forces, but they can't get it together, stumbling as they march. They run to protect the city wall and try to shield it from the attackers. Their resistance fails. The city gates at the rivers are thrown wide open and the palace collapses in the resulting flood. A decree is set and goes out. Nineveh will be ransacked. She is stripped and will be carried far away from home. You can hear the young girls pounding their breaking hearts. 
and moaning like terrified doves. Nineveh was a shimmering pool of water, full to the brim in the days of her glory. But look, her soldiers are draining away. Stop! Stop! The Assyrian commanders shout, but no one turns back. The destruction continues. The attacker commands, take all the silver, take all the gold. The supply is endless. After all, their treasury is full of stolen wealth. Every corner of the city is turned upside down, ransacked, stripped bare. She will lose all hope. Her knees give way. She will shake with fear and turn white as a sheet. Where now is Nineveh's famous and deadly lion's den? The place where they nourish their young lions into killing machines. The place where the lion and the lioness go, along with their cubs, to feed on victims. The place where they had nothing to fear. The lion always kills enough for his cubs and strangles the prey for his mate, filling up the lair with the blood and bones of flesh of its kill and his dens with the fallen prey. The Eternal One says, I stand against you, Nineveh. I will command my heavenly army to burn up your chariots till the smoke rises up and to consume your young lions with the sword. I will leave nothing in the land to sustain you. The voice of your messengers will never again be heard. Hopelessness and despair. That's the destiny of the city that shed so much blood, that perfected its use of lies, that overflows with stolen treasures, leaving behind endless victims. The sharp cracking of the whip in the air, clattering of wheels on the streets, galloping horses' hooves, clanging, banging chariots, charging cavalry troops, flashing swords and gleaming spears, armies of casualties, piles of dead bodies, too many to count, so many you can't walk without stumbling over them. This is all because you tempted and lured the nations like a harlot, dangling the allure of immorality. You were a sorceress, promising control of the spiritual world, enslaving nations to lives of immorality and families to sorcery. Look at me and my armies. I stand against you, Nineveh. I will treat you like the harlot you are, lifting your dress over your face, peeling back your outward facade and exposing your true condition, your nakedness underneath. You will be humiliated and ashamed in front of the world. I'll throw all your own filth on you. I'll treat you with contempt and make a humiliating public display of you. Then the whole world will turn its back on you and flee, saying, Poor, pitiful Nineveh, you are totally ruined. Is there anyone who will sympathize with you? Where will I find anyone to comfort you? Are you any stronger than the city of Thebes in its glory days? Sitting at the edge of the Nile, its waters created a mode of protection on one side of her. The Red Sea was a perfect defense against her eastern enemies. As good as the protection of a wall. The bounty of the regions of Cush and Egypt supported her, and the areas of Put and Libya were her strong allies. Yet she was taken captive and exiled. Her babies were broken to pieces at the crossroads of every street. They tossed lots into a bag and drew out names to establish control of her honored men. All her best and brightest were put in chains, 
and just like them, you will go into hiding, getting drunk to escape your terror, searching for some place to hide from your enemies. But those strongholds, Nineveh, are easy pickings, like figs on a tree when they first become ripe. Just shake the tree and figs fall into your open mouth. Look at your fierce troops surrounding you now. They cower like untrained women, not battle-hardened warriors. The gates that should have protected your land instead are standing wide open. Fire burns through the bars. Your enemies stroll right in. Draw up plenty of water to put out the fires and prepare, for your enemy will begin a siege. Get busy working the clay and mud to make extra bricks. You'll need them to repair holes punched in your walls. The attacker's fire will consume you. Their swords will cut you down, and like grasshoppers attacking a field of grain, they will totally consume you. Like grasshoppers, multiply yourselves. Like locusts, make your numbers countless. You brought so many merchants till they are more numerous than the stars in the skies. Like grasshoppers, they strip sustenance from the land, only to fly away before justice can be sought. Your courtiers are like locusts, your city officials like swarms of locusts. Who will become chilled against the wall on a cold day? When the sun comes up and they are warmed, they fly away, abandoning you. Searching, no one can find them. O king of Assyria, your shepherds felt safe enough to sleep in the fields. Your leaders slept soundly in the city. When judgment comes, your people are scattered like lost sheep, far and wide among the mountains. There is no leader left to rally them together. Nothing and no one can heal your wound. Your city's wounds are fatal. You cannot survive. Everyone who hears the news of your destruction claps his hands in celebration. Because who among them has not felt your legendary and endless cruelty? Revelation 8 When the Lamb cracked open the seventh and final seal, a great silence filled all heaven, penetrating everything for about half an hour. Then I saw heavenly messengers, the ones who stand before God, receive seven trumpets. An eighth messenger came and stood before the altar carrying a golden censer. He received a large portion of incense to complement the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar that sits in front of the throne. From the hand of the eighth messenger, the smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's people and billowed up before God. The messenger filled the censer with fiery coals from the altar and cast it upon the earth, causing a great commotion of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. The seven heavenly messengers raised the seven trumpets and prepared to sound them. The first messenger sounded his trumpet, and a blast of hail and fire mixed with blood was cast down to the earth. As a result, one-third of the land was set ablaze, one-third of the trees were burned, and all the green grass was scorched. The second messenger sounded his trumpet, and something like a great mountain with bright flames of burning fire was cast into the sea. As a result, one-third of the sea turned into blood, one-third of the living sea creatures died, and one-third of the ships were obliterated. The third messenger sounded his trumpet, 
and a great star called Wormwood dropped out of heaven, flaming like a torch as it fell on one-third of the rivers and the springs. As a result, one-third of the waters turned bitter like the herb Wormwood, so that many people died from the poisonous bitter waters. The fourth messenger sounded his trumpet, and one-third of the sun, one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars were darkened. As a result, one-third of their light flickered and failed. For one-third of the day, the sun did not shine, and likewise for one-third of the night, the moon and stars did not give their light. And I saw an eagle flying through mid-heaven, and I heard it cry with a loud voice, Woe! 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 Horror! Disaster and calamity to the earth dwellers! The rest of the trumpet blasts from the last three messengers are about to sound. Psalm 136 Let your heart overflow with praise to the Eternal, for He is good, for His faithful love lasts forever. Praise the true God who reigns over all other gods, for His faithful love lasts forever. Praise the Lord who reigns over all other lords, for His faithful love lasts forever. To Him who alone does marvelous wonders, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who created the heavens with skill and artistry, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who laid out dry land over the waters, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who made the great heavenly lights, for His faithful love lasts forever. To the sun to reign by day, for His faithful love lasts forever. The moon and stars to reign by night, for His faithful love lasts forever. To Him who struck down the firstborn of the Egyptians, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who set Israel free from Egyptian masters, for His faithful love lasts forever. With fierce strength, a mighty hand, and an outstretched arm, for His faithful love lasts forever. To Him who split the Red Sea in two and made a path between the divided waters, for His faithful love lasts forever. And allowed Israel to pass safely through on dry ground, for His faithful love lasts forever. To Him who crushed Pharaoh and his army in the waters of the Red Sea, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who guided His people through the desert, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who struck down mighty kings, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who slaughtered famous kings, for His faithful love lasts forever. Sion, the king of the Amorites, for His faithful love lasts forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for His faithful love lasts forever. To Him who gave the conquered land as an inheritance, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who made the land a heritage to Israel, His servant, for His faithful love lasts forever. To Him who remembered us when we were nearly defeated, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who rescued us from our enemies, for His faithful love lasts forever. Who provides food for every living thing, for His faithful love lasts forever. Let your heart overflow with praise to the true God of heaven, for His faithful love lasts forever.
Proverbs 30, 7-9 Two things I ask, O God. Sometime before I die, grant these humble requests. Eliminate any hint of worthless and deceitful words from my lips. Do not make me poor or rich, but give me each day what I need. For if I have too much, I might forget you are the one who provides, saying, Who is the Eternal One? Or if I do not have enough, I might become hungry and turn to stealing, and thus dishonor the good name of my God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for another day and another book. We thank you for the wisdom that is found in the scriptures that reminds us and orients us each day to you. Today in the Psalms, your faithful love lasts forever. It endures forever. May that sink in, into our lives, into our hearts. You are our provider. You are the source of life. And your faithful love endures forever. May our lives honor that. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Kelly in South Carolina. Um, I am just bringing a friend of mine to the Prayer Warriors. Um, His name is Jeremy, and I found out today that he has stage 4 colon cancer. Um, It is also showing in his liver um, and in his lungs, and um, he starts chemo tomorrow. So um, looking at a really long road, Um, not a lot of hope, but we know where our hope is lies and so I just pray that y'all would lift Jeremy up Um, I don't know where his heart is um, but God does and I just pray that y'all would um, help me help me to lay him at the feet of Jesus and I just love you family and I appreciate you Um, thank you good evening my name is Chris and um, about Three years ago when I got COVID in 2020, um, I went on a downhill spiral with my health conditions, um, my health status, and uh, fast forward till today, they diagnosed me with MS, which is multiple sclerosis. So I've been dealing with this for about three years, um, and it's it's been like on a kind of a steady decline, um, but it's very slow. You know, I try to change my diet, eat cleaner, Um, I don't feel too confident in taking any treatment or infusions at the moment because I've heard a lot of horror stories and and bad things happen. So I just kind of been just praying um, day in and day out um, and just trying to keep faith. Um, But it's hard. You know, I just had my first daughter um, this year. And, you know, all I kind of really want to do is be able to take her out to theme parks and, you know, teach her how to ride bikes and, you know, like things like that. Um, so I'm trying very, very hard to continue to push and continue to pray and continue to have faith. Um, I wouldn't say that I've gotten drastically worse, but, you know, at my status right now, it's hard for me to do a lot of things and I have a lot of fatigue, a lot of balance issues. I can't walk too far. Um, and then, you know, like I, I, I may lose my the feeling of of my my right hand my right side um so it it is tough but i ask that you know i'm just throwing this out there 
um, as a leap of faith as well to, to have more people just pray um, for me in the name of Jesus. And I, um, I thank you in advance for all of that. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Wrapped in His Unfailing Love. I'm calling today to pray for Greg and his marriage. I want to commend you, Greg, for your humility and recognizing your need. And I lift you up and your wife and your marriage. Lord Jesus, we lift up Greg and his wife to you. I pray that you would bind them together, that you would soften their hearts and you would resolve the issues of anger and mistrust, disrespect, anything that is not of you, Lord. And we just ask you to bless them, bless this marriage, make it stronger than ever. And Lord, we lift up Austin to you, the newly married young man, for his feelings of overwhelmingness and his job, his new place, his school, and his bride. Lord, we just ask that you would bless him, bless his marriage, Lord, and strengthen them. Lord, I lift up blind Tony to you and the tragedy that he suffered with the fire in his home. We ask you to resolve all those issues. We thank you for blind Tony and all the many gifts of encouragement he's given to us throughout the years. Lord, we thank you for this community. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for coming for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you all, family. This is Wrapped in His Unfailing Love. Thank you. Bye for now. Hi, neighbors. It's Lisa the Encourager. I would love to pray this morning for a new listener and a new caller that called in and requested prayer for his son, Brayden, and also his daughter, Kaylin. And um, he is new to our campfire and made a reference to that. And so um, let's get warm together and pray for this new listener. He um, went through a rough divorce and he indicated that it has impacted his children especially Brayden. So uh, let's all pray for them. Dear Lord, we come to you in prayer for our friend, our new friend that's called in and requested prayer for his children, Lord. We first thank you so much for him joining with us in this um, unison love that we all share together. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will be with his children, be with Brayden, Please heal his heart, God. Heal his heart and show him the love of Jesus Christ and that he will just gravitate and seek out the Lord in his pain. And for his daughter, Kaylin, Lord, that you will bless her, Lord Jesus, and help her to know that she has comfort in you. Please, dear Lord, also help him to forgive himself. Um, and I know he said he's gone through healing as well, but we just pray that he will be able to move forward from this day forward and bring joy to his children bring love that's what he that's what they seek and that's what they want and so help him be strong in that and give him the light of jesus 
In my in the, your precious name, I pray this prayer to you, Jesus, and thank you for all your love and listening to our beautiful prayers and your love and your beautiful love that you share with us. In Jesus' name.